what is good, guys? It is your Boston Brit and the basketball ass, Josh. Josh, are you good? Very, very good. For for once, this is a jubilant vibe that we have on the podcast. Maybe for the first episode of the season. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And the, the thing is, as well, guys, is that this is a impromptu kind of episode because me and Josh weren't going to record today, but because of the positivity, we, we really had to, man. We really had to. So. It's not going to be a typical episode where we're going to run through our normal structure, just off the cuff. We're just going to talk about, you know, the series so far. And in particular last night, because that was pretty spectacular. But Josh, you know, what do you want to talk about first? Well, to be honest, I came into this thinking we'll be talking about last night in particular because I'd almost blocked the first couple of games out of my memory. Um the the Nets did like a particularly job of can uh, p- particularly strong job of cancelling out the Celtics' main options, albeit without Jalen Brown. And it did start to feel as though when we went two 0 down to the Nets, it did start to feel as though maybe, you know, that lottery pick would have been the preferable option. That you know, I keep going up and down like a yo-yo on that, um, but. It, it, it was tough. Um, they just absolutely outgunned them in the first two games. Um, the Tatum was being really cancelled out of the game. Um, uh, Durant was doing a fantastic job on him with his length and obviously he went off injured. Uh, we had further injury problems with the excellent Robert Williams, who was incredible in the first game, yeah, uh, but then has since struggled to to stay on the floor. Um, and it started to just think, okay, maybe you just take this L and you move on and you wait till next year. Um, but last night was something else, wasn't it? It really was. It really, really was. We were so good offensively and defensively. Like, like, like we said in our last episode, the only way to beat the Brooklyn Nets is to outscore them. Mm-hmm. And Kemba Walker didn't have a great night in terms of scoring at all. But... Our man, the one we love to caress and sit on a pedestal, Jason Tatum, unbelievable. I mean, I, I, so I, I looked at a stat today. I actually went through this morning and looked at all of his past previous games. And so he's had, he's had two, you know, two times 50 point games, right? Mm. He's had one 60 point game. He's had uh, one 53 point game. And he's between 40 and 45, he's had two. And between 30 and 40, he's had 16. Like, that is outrageous for a 23-year-old carrying a team. Ridiculous. It's really incredible. Obviously, in last night's 125 to 119 victory over the Nets in game three, Mm. um, it started to think that, I started to think that, you know, my prediction of him representing half of the Celtics' top 10 scoring performance this time next year, well, I said that two weeks ago, um, you know, I said it in the last episode, I believe we re-clarified that. Mm. I think it's taken another huge step, obviously, with his 50-point game. He's literally, you know, another one in that top 10. And it's looking more and more like an understatement as games go on. Because, you know, I knew he'd be one of, he'd be the best player on the floor for at least one game in this series, right? And that's no mean feat. You know, there's two MVPs and you know, an incredible, incredibly skilled guard who has all the space in the world because of previously said aforementioned MVPs. Mm. Um, so, you know, with all the pressure on him when he's got the ball, with triples being thrown at him, he's still able to uh, to, to be the best player on the, on the court in a game like last night. It's really remarkable. He stepped up 
and he got 57 and 6. The main difference I thought, I don't know if you felt the same, but was when doubles were being thrown at him, he was using that to his advantage. He was attacking it and not being super passive and maybe you know handing off to Kemba when the when the doubles came which from a team basketball point of view is great but when you have a scorer like Tatum go at those doubles draw those fouls do what you can absorb the pressure take the contact he was really really great at that last night and he, uh, he really really was and things that this is this this you know game three was the game that we had to you know first came back in TD Garden with the fans we had to be aggressive mm-hmm. we had to show you know, the guys had to show that they're, you know, they got a little bit of fight left in them, even though it's been an up and down rough season. It, I mean, they were throwing the kitchen sink at Jason Tatum and every single time last night he had an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, like, like you said, they've got KD, Harden, Kyrie, like they are absolutely stacked. Mm-hmm. And we have obviously Jalen's out, but we have one little man called Jason Tatum and he's he just schooled him. Yeah, I mean, we're not doing the usual format for this podcast, but if we were, I would be uh, putting Steve Nash at the top of the Garden Party um, uh, guest list uh, for just allowing the switches to continue on on Jason Tatum. Because last night, you know, he's, you know, in the previous game, as I mentioned, in game two especially, Durant absolutely locked him down. He, he's, right? he's different, though. He's built different. Yeah. Now. He's yeah. built different. But like, I felt as though before literally poking him in the eye and, you know, taking him off the floor, I felt as though he guarded him off the floor as well. He, he took him out of the game. He cancelled Tatum out. But his, his, his length was just impossible for Tatum to drive against. And yeah, it was a really tough assignment for Tatum. Um, and then every time they were switching, I just thought, OK, well, this is absolute. This is food for Jason Tatum when you're going to put little guys on him like. Give me Kyrie Irving on Jason Tatum all night long, please. 100%. Uh, but yeah, some incredible performances elsewhere. There was obviously Marcus Smart came up with some huge shots, some great defensive plays. Um, Evan Fournier, once again, as we, we've been praising him a lot recently, he came up with some big shots, added a kind of more of a uh, extra dimension to the offense that I think the team really, really craved before the trade for Fournier. And we needed that. We needed him last night at 100%. 100%. But the other big one, what did you think to uh, to big Tristan Thompson? Where 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 the where the hell has that Tristan Thompson been all season? Where's that where's that been? Because he he was an animal last night. He he really wanted that dub. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I think it's right. I don't know whether because because of the fans being able to be back in the arena, you know, the hype a little bit more. You know, what I mean, it's just a lot more kind of things. Most loads of players play off atmosphere, don't they? Loads of players love the adrenaline, love, you know, like ah oh, the scream of the crowd and you know going at them and just to be fair, we're gonna talk about Kyrie getting booed in a minute, but um just that whole atmosphere, I think that just upped his game for some reason. But I have no idea where that performance came from. I can't even go, you know, I can't even break it down. Also, as well, I've not even said why I am wearing a Christmas jumper at People that are watching on YouTube are probably thinking, "Why? What, what is this kid? What is this kid doing?" Well, it's because Jason Tatum just brought the Ice Age and Christmas Day with the snow to TD Garden last night. That, that's the only reason. I should have explained that earlier, but anyway, back to Tristan Thompson. Like he, he was so aggressive. He was aggressive as well. Everyone was quite aggressive last night, which was mm-hmm. something which 
we have seen over the course of the season in some games. It's always the games that we either blow teams out or we, you know, go to an overtime. I mean, against the Spurs, we were very aggressive in there and we, and we got the dub. But we don't, we haven't seen that enough all season. And I feel like if we had done, I think we could have been in a, well, look, to be fair, we're in the playoffs now anyway, but with those, we could have had so many more positive episodes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we could. It could have been a very different tone to this series of uh, the Garden Party. But what was Tristan's um, rebounds last night? What was thirteen? Thirteen. He had nineteen points, thirteen uh, rebounds. Uh, I think eight of them were offensive, which is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but by what you mentioned about kind of the the effect that fans had, um, Massachusetts um, COVID regulations lift before the next game, so uh, the amount of fans um, will will be multiplied by five in the arena. It's yep. going to be lively. Uh, so by that metric, Tristan Thompson should have about 60, <laughs> 60, 60 rebounds. Let's see, let's see how it works out. But yeah, he was he's taken a battering, as you mentioned, this season for being really inconsistent. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of kind of um, hit pieces out about his rumoured turmoil. Um, you know, I've mentioned that we really don't want the Kardashian nonsense in in, in the camp. Uh, but he was absolutely excellent last night. He was a beast on the offensive boards, like I said. Uh, really remarkable to have more offensive rebounds than defensive. And I think that we mentioned on his last on the last pod that, you know, his size could be a real difference in this series. You know, they, they don't have many guys who can guard him, uh, you know, beyond the... Um, the skeleton of DeAndre Jordan, of what used to be DeAndre Jordan. Mm. So it's, uh, I, I think working him in the post with occasional, um, you know, post sets is like a good option. But most importantly, just having someone to bully people for boards down there could be a difference maker, a bit of an X factor for the Celtics, should they be aiming to get another win. Uh, yeah, kudos. Well, kudos well, to be fair, like you said, the, the, the crowd is going to be pretty much a full house on Sunday. So... Brooklyn, Brooklyn gonna have to bring something because TD Garland is not a fun place to come if you're in a way if you're in a way team. I, I, you know, what I mean, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna bode well for them. I don't think. I think we're gonna go back to Brooklyn two two. That 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 seems like the perfect time to mention the biggest conversation around the crowd heading into yesterday's game. So, um, Tatum, uh, sorry, uh, Kyrie Irving was asked about the first time he was gonna play in front of Boston Celtics fans because he had successfully dodged it since he left uh, Boston a couple of years ago. Um, Boston is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he came and he played in front of an empty crowd, but before that, he was he obviously picked up a knock before every game at the TD Garden. Mm. Uh, but, you know, regardless, you know, he did say some stuff about um, fans being belligerent and racist, and then a lot of players did come out and back up his thoughts about the reputation Boston has around the league. Obviously, it's a very serious thing. And I think that knowing what was going to happen to him last night in terms of the fan reaction for the first time, that he expertly flipped the narrative because I thought that, you know, like I said, he couldn't dodge the crowd this time. He actually found a way to get Celtics fans to look inward and maybe even the, the Boston media landscape in the city of Boston to look inward, address some stuff that's way bigger than basketball, which obviously it is. You know, you had these um, players, Bruce Brown, um, grew up in Boston and he mentioned that he had been called, you know, when he was in Boston College or, or sorry, wherever he studied, um, he was called all sorts of racial slurs and things like that. And it's just unacceptable stuff. And if that is a reputation that exists in Boston sports, then it's something that should be addressed. And if 
Kyrie mentioning it results in things moving forward, then you should at least be thankful that it's got some people, you know, any of the culprits to think, shit, okay, well, maybe that's not a widely accepted thing to act like that. That being said, booing Kyrie was absolutely justified last night for, for basketball reasons. Mm. Um, you know, he, he said he was coming back. Uh, he said that he wanted his jersey retired. He did an advert where he was playing basketball in with his dad in the uh, in the TD guard, and he made all the noise to basically suggest he wanted to stay. And eventually, obviously, he left uh, in um, poor circumstances for the Celtics, who yep. basically had to had to adjust on the fly and pick up Kemba Walker as a reaction to him leaving them. Um, you know, and he and that was after giving up on a series. You go back and you watch that Milwaukee series. We know that he gave up. Um, and this was all after saying he wanted to be a leader. He left the best basketball player of our generation to come and say that he wanted to be a leader of a team. Um, he didn't lead the Boston Celtics. He caused a lot of issues whilst he was there. And now he's um, a role player for two former MVPs. That's fine. Um, but... He deserved the booing. Um, I, I'm just glad that the more serious things is a conversation because at the end of the day, um, ignoring and swiping things like that under, under the rug doesn't help anybody. Um, so at least if there is a reputation that exists for players uh, and it's affecting, even from a basketball point of view, if it's affecting the free agency reputation Boston has, then address it. And the right things need to be said, and the right things need to be done to hold people accountable because we've seen this week a lot of cases of belligerence from basketball fans that are pretty unacceptable. We have. But, but that said, like I said, Kyrie deserved the booing, it, it, you know, purely from a basketball point of view. Um, and I'm not sure that last night was part of his vision that he wants credit for. Um, not, I'm not sure if it falls in line with the vision that he had when he combined. The, was it the 10-year vision or some stupid yeah. nonsense? I, I'm sure one day we'll look back and we'll think that this game was all part of his vision, but we'll see. But no, it's like you said, you know, with, with the bigger picture and the bigger elements surrounding racism and uh, it's it's something which every fan base or every it's racism is out there, you know, and it's something which if it's not spoken about, which players and everyone's actually speaking about it now. It's, it's all about having that conversation first and foremost and then, you know, fixing it well just cut just thinking of ways to uh to get rid of it and, and kick it out because yeah because like if the reputation exists among players yeah. as well like if 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 black athletes think that boston is a racist town right or that boston fan base mm. is the racist absolutely no good comes from going yo bro no we're not like, that, like yeah. that's just that's just not going to happen you know that, that actually if anything that doubles down on the point. So take steps to kind of try and work to eradicate, because we know we know the steps that Boston have made as an organization. They've made history in terms of racial relations within the actual game of basketball, mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily speak for the fan base. So if that reputation exists, I know, of course, anybody who thinks, hold on, not all Celtics fans are racist, obviously. Within yeah, yeah any exactly. Community, that's not, that's we not know a thing. That Exactly. We know that idiots exist among any large group of people. But just doubling down on saying, no, we're not, no, we're not, is a problem. At least he's made people think about it. Um, but once again, deserve yeah. it. Because whether it's one person, whether it's two people, three people, ten people, like 
just 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 one person just one person that is it like you know that 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 is a problem so um it's just changing people's views and you know the one the one player which is always very outspoken on it is Jalen Brown and he I could sit and listen to Jalen Brown all day to be honest with you um you you listened to his um interview yesterday about it yes I did yeah and he put things into perspective quite well um Mm -hmm. You know, he he always tends to be able to zoom out and think about things from like pitch, you know, yeah. away from the court, uh, whilst obviously being as locked in as possible in, in terms of basketball reasons. Anyone that uh, thinks that those two, you know, uh, you know, th- th- those aren't mutually exclusive. That you can think of bigger picture things um, constantly, and you know, be really, really be moving forward and not be like loyal to your fan base because yeah. that would be suggesting that that you know you're part of the problem yeah um but uh yeah lo- lots of love to uh Jalen Brown uh, I've mentioned it before but I was lucky to be at the speech he did in Harvard uh, and he talked about kind of racial tracking and systemic racism uh, within America and it was like fascinating to know how switched on he was at that point of his life because frankly look some athletes get bad reputation for like not being particularly like intellectually locked in. Mm. And the reason being is because why do you need to like, like frankly, some of these people have the perfect life because they're incredibly talented. They've got it all. Um, and yet to be such a outwardly um, thoughtful person, whilst you have that kind of everyone loves you because you're so good at putting the ball in the hoop, but that isn't enough for him. Uh, I've got all the respect in the world for Jalen Brown, and uh, it's only right that he should uh, speak on behalf of the Celtics players. Yeah, I, th- I think he's he's a great ambassador, not only for the Celtics but for the league as well. So, yeah. yeah, Jalen, keep doing your keep doing your great things. And Josh, where do you want to go to next? Where where should we go? Well, I mean, been, it's only going to be like a five ten minute episode, but we've kind of we've gone for it, so we're we're still going. Um, what should we what should we jump to? You know, obviously predictions for the next game, for the next few games, for the, for the rest of the series. I think we are going to take the I think we are going to take game four, and we'll go back to Brooklyn two two. What happens after that? I don't know. Um, okay, so my predictions for the next game is a, a more modest Jason Tatum scoring performance. Uh, and they're really going to modest. Define modest. What, yeah. what, what's 30, thirty plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that there's going to there's a real need for help from the likes of Kemba, who once again was a little bit subpar at times last night. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Marcus needs to be hitting shots, and we know that he can be a bit trick or treat. Um, so I think when they're throwing triples at um, like really aggressive triples at uh, Tatum all all game next game it's going to be tough and we're going to need shooting Evan Fournier is going to be massive um, and by the way big respect on game two to Evan Fournier for standing up to Durant the way he did who made a comment whilst walking past in that kind of doesn't actually want to get involved kind of way uh, not, yeah it was a shithouse move and Fournier was like no you know I'm not having that and respect I love it uh, Evan Fournier is a Boston Celtic he is. he's got that mentality now yeah. Um, otherwise, I think that they will win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be really close, uh, and I think they're going to take it to all to Brooklyn, like you said. 
I don't know. I don't know what happens after that. No, I'm not particularly optimistic about a series win, but another win would be incredible considering the circumstances. Is um is in Brooklyn? Is are they able to have fans back? Yeah, but they're, they're, I think so, but not in the same degree as what Game Four is going to be like. I, I to be fair, like we said last time, I think I don't know how many tickets they've sold. I reckon they've mostly gone to Celtics fans because. Yeah, for some we'll reason see. the Brooklyn Nets can't sell their tickets and they have to get James Harden to subsidize them. But yeah. thank you very much, James. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to James Harden. Right. I mean that that was that was kind of all we wanted to speak about, really. But I know you've got your kind of last orders in the sense of um what you want to talk about, any comments before we before we shoot. So if you've got anything else you want to kind of touch on. Yeah, um, one of the thoughts was the referees last night, right? So I'm not particularly keen on blaming everything on the refs. And frankly, a lot of the time when I think the team loses, it's not like it's cheap to go for the refs. Yeah. Uh, the transition defensive foul on Jason Tatum wasn't a foul. Um, that was ridiculous. That was a ghost foul. And then to be able to review the Marcus Smart foul, where it was clearly an offensive foul from Kevin Durant to review that for as long as they did and still go with like to reverse the call. I, I truly do not understand. That was a legal defensive position. I really think, I really think the referees in the NBA just love their limelight. They are, to be fair, I watch so many sports, right? So many sports, you know, ice hockey, baseball, American football, like football, proper football. That is not soccer. Um, and arguably, you know, NBA refs, for me, I don't know about you, but they are they are the worst ref, they are the worst officials in sports. They're just so inconsistent and shit, to put it politely. They're they're so bad. Some of the calls are horrific. And uh, every single time, you know, I I just oh, I'd sit there and I'm so oh for fuck's sake, here we go. You you just know it's gonna be a shit game when you get certain officials. Like it's. it's just I, I would agree with you, except there's only one referee in football that absolutely outdoes them all, and that's Mike Dean, because he's. Is he trampling? No, no, Mike Dean, the 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 guy who there's like full compilations. He's like the Premier League referee. He, he there's full compilations of him like making it about himself. And like being super theatrical and sassy, it's, it's well worth looking looking for if you're not usually a football fan. Mike Dean. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, we but I do agree. Mike, I do agree. Mike Dean on a basketball podcast. <laughs> I do agree, though. They definitely do make it about themselves. Um, I, just, that, I don't get how they don't I, get fined. I don't get if they're making if they're making if they've made a stupid call. Right. For example, if the one thing I hate about the NBA is if a player shows any ounce of passion or any ounce of aggression, whether that's to themselves, whether that's them just, you know, screaming or throwing their fist because they're pissed off. Mm-hmm. Tech, like, come off it. Mm-hmm. it. It really angers. I know it's part of the game, but it just, it really, that's the one bit of the game which angers me. When you see, that's what you want to see when you're watching basketball. You want to see them aggressive. You want to see, you know, their passion. They, they, they just feel like they... To me, if I was an NBA player, I'd be like, well, I can't do... Sorry, mate, I can't show any passion because I'm going to get fucking ejected. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not sure about, like, kind of punishing them for making wrong decisions, but the 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 interesting caveat is that 
you know, things are reviewed in hindsight of like fouls or technicals or, you know, behavior of players, and then they can be retrospectively punished. Whereas that, the, the amazing thing is like the next day you'll get a referee's report that disproves all of their decisions and basically says the Celtics should have won this game or whatever. Yeah. Um, just as an example. That. And that, that nothing comes from it. It's just like a pointless report that basically says, this is what we should have done, but unlucky kind of thing. Yeah. It's the only pr- profession really where that, you know, it's like, what is it? A learning experience? I've stopped reading them to be honest. I, I, I did. I, I read a couple and they just made me angry. So I stopped doing that. <laughs> Well, if you want to know more about the the corruption of NBA referees, I thoroughly recommend listeners to listen to the uh, Whistleblower podcast on, I believe it's on Spotify and Apple and all that lot. Uh, but basically, it's about Tim Donahue and the uh, the conspiracy behind referee sports betting that happens in the NBA. Um, and it's unbelievably eye-opening and makes you question every single corrupt decision that happens in a game. That is interesting. I'm gonna to have to. I'm gonna to have to go listen to that. To be honest, actually, if you want to listen to it because it made me angry reading the report. So, if any of the games related to the Celtics, lose. well, a lot of the stories actually include very key figures that still exist within the NBA. So you listen to it and you're a little bit like, how? Have but the yeah. NBA become the new FIFA? What's going on? It's incredible. It's incredible. But anyway, Josh, have you got anything else you want to add at all? Um, yeah, I want to, because generally we like to put a song in, and I know this just creates okay. extra work for you, um, but as we've suggested in this previous conversation is that I think the Celtics are still alive, so I'd love to see some basketball highlights to the tune of Pearl Jam's Alive. Okay, let's do it. But I'm Right, well, that was another video. <laughs> so, hope you guys enjoyed it. But yeah, any more comments, Josh, before we shoot? Yeah, I was content with one win before last night, but if the effort continues on Sunday, there are no reasons why 17,000 Boston fans uh, shouldn't go home at least encouraged and ready for a fight. I am, I am super jealous of all of you fans that are going to be there on Sunday. There's not... It's not fair living 3,000 plus miles away. It's not fair, but I'm going to try and put on my surround sound in my living room and try and make it as loud as I possibly can so my neighbours come around and tell me to shut up. But anyway, guys, that's it for a, you know, a brief little episode, which has actually probably turned into a half an hour episode, but it is what it is. When me and Josh start talking about the Celtics, we don't tend to stop. So anyway, guys, we've got a win. That's good. That's positive. Actually, really good positive episode, to be honest. I mean, we had a little, you know, some serious matters to talk about, but mm. positive episode. So, yeah. I mean, until next week then, guys. Like you said, like you said, like we said, if you enjoy this kind of content, make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the notification button on YouTube. And if you're on, you know, listening on audio only, because you don't want to see mine and Josh's ugly faces, then... 
make sure that you know you subscribe and share the pod in any way you can only ever going to help me and josh and yeah that is it any last words josh from the philosopher coin basketball ass um no um Silence. I guess just just I felt like maybe because you mentioned we were so positive, maybe we just need to sign off with one little bit of negative, um, just to kind of balance things out so people are, you know don't feel it's gone from one extreme to the other. Okay. Um, so to sign off, everybody, just take a moment to think and reflect on the few months that we shared with Mr. Jeffrey Teague. Oh no, Jeff T's come back into the podcast. It's been so long. Right. That is it, guys. <laughs> Till next week. Peace.